Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist that there is, my only dentist the last 27 years. Make him your dentist. Take control of your dental health. 317-849-2933. Had one person yesterday say, hey, thanks for turning me on to Dr. Mike O'Neill. Had another who expressed guilt over not going to Dr. Mike O'Neill yet. Look, you don't have to feel guilty about choosing your dentist. It's all okay. I don't take any offense. If you want to go to a dentist who's not Mike O'Neill, that's your business. Me, I choose to take my dental health seriously and take good care of my teeth. 317-849-2933 is the number. Hit subscribe, hit like, ring the bell, do all that stuff. Let's talk about sports. The NFL draft is tomorrow night, and thank God, right? Because, frankly, I'm tired of talking about Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips, Jason Away, uh, Joe Tryon, all the edge guys who could fall to the Indianapolis Colts with that 21st pick. I think that the Colts are going to trade back. It's always a good bet that they're going to trade back out of the first round or down in the first round. I think they trade down in the first round this year because they want to maintain control over who they pick for the full five-year period that is allowed by uh, taking somebody in the first round. So here is how Carson Wentz could wind up being free this year. Carson Wentz cost the Indianapolis Colts a third-round pick this year and a first or second-round pick next year. It's going to be a second-round pick if Wentz plays less than 70% of the snaps this year. It'll be a first-round pick if he plays 70 or more. Next year, we'll leave. Okay, this year, that third-rounder, I think, is recouped by Chris Ballard by dealing down from 21 to 26, 27, 28, or 29. You've got the Browns at 26, the Ravens at 27, the Saints at 28, the Packers at 29. I think that the Colts are going to trade back so they recoup what that third rounder that they're giving up this year for Wentz. And, and those are at 89 or 91 with the Browns, 94 with the Ravens, 98 with the Saints, 92 with the Packers. I think they wind up with one of those picks. So Carson Wentz, from a, a draft pick compensation perspective, would be free in 2021. In 22, different story. But that's okay because if Wentz winds up being healthy, the Colts project to be a really good team, and they would be giving up probably a 26th to 30th first-round pick next year, which isn't nearly as punitive as giving up a top-10 pick. That's really what that snap count deal uh, allows. It allows that pick to be protected in the way that NBA draft picks are protected, right, for 2022. If Jacob Eason winds up being the starting quarterback for the Colts, they don't project to be a playoff team, so that pick would move up, right? If you're not a playoff team, you're probably picking in the top 16. The Colts wanted to be protected against giving the Eagles that kind of pick, so they put this protection in place that requires Wentz to take 70% of the snaps. I know I'm getting lost in the weeds. What are the Colts going to do? They're going to take that 21, they're going to move back, and they're going to take the same player they would have gotten at 21 because they're interested in two position groups, left tackle and edge rush. The key in the NFL, and this was correctly pointed out by a couple of commenters uh, on my YouTube channel yesterday, the key is pressure. 
if you pressure opposing quarterbacks, you are more likely to create turnovers and win games. If you allow pressure, the inverse is true. You're going to create turnovers for yourself or turnovers are going to be created for you. And that puts you in a position where it's very difficult to win games. So the Colts, they're going to either want to mitigate opposing pressure by drafting a left tackle, which is a a position of serious need, or create pressure by drafting an edge rush guy, a position of a bit less extreme need, because they do have Kamoka Ture, Taekwon Lewis, uh, Muhammad, and who am I missing? Uh, ben Banigou. Who could forget Ben Banigou? At any rate, yeah, at least you've got guys who can play that position at the edge rush, right? Left tackle, you've got a flat-out hole, a gaping hole at the left end of that offensive line. And you're going to be able to take one at 26 through 29 that is the equal, if not the same guy, as who you would target at 21. So this is really a cost-free trade down where you pick up that third rounder that you gave up in order to acquire Carson Wentz. That's how Chris Ballard is going to get this done. Again, pressure's the key. Alleviating pressure, mitigating pressure, creating pressure. That's how you win in the National Football League. That is what Chris Ballard is going to target in this draft. How about we talk about Indiana basketball? The key Here is what is going to be so important moving forward for Mike Woodson and Indiana basketball because of the new transfer rule. Uh, Penalty-free transferring is going to cause people to evaluate their situation year after year as though they're free agents and they can move on if they like. What Mike Woodson's going to have to do is create an environment where the players he has already recruited and won feel that they are in a position where they can explore their potential at the highest level, and they're being rewarded for it in minutes. That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to make your core group happy, and those guys on the exterior of that, like if if you were going to rank players, you got 13 on scholarship at Indiana. If you've got the 10th through 13th who are unhappy and they move on, that's not nearly as deleterious to your program as one through four, right? You make one through four happy. You make those guys, the core of your team, feel as though they got a chance to play professional basketball and and get to where they dream going. You got a chance to hold on to guys. The guys at the end of the roster are going to flip every single year. That's just the way it is. That's a penalty for this rule that correctly allows transfers to move on without any kind of penalty. You've got to be able to do that. The the players need to have the same unrestricted freedom as coaches, for God's sake. These players, they're not indentured servants. It's going to cause mayhem in college basketball, but it's the kind of mayhem you've got to learn to deal with because the rule in it at its essence is correct. All right, here and then you got to go get transfers like that's a, and that's what he, he's done. That's what Woodson's done. How about, and Keon Brooks, by the way, is not in the transfer portal yet. <laughs> People in Kentucky are crazy. They keep, he's coming. He's going he's gonna to transfer for the love of God. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to put his name in the portal. Here he goes, Keon. Good Lord. Take a deep breath, Kentucky fans. Um, 
Mike Woodson, in six seasons as a head coach of the Hawks, always won more games the following season than he did the previous season, and still they fired him after winning like 53 games or 54 games. Unbelievable. What were the Hawks looking for, for God's sake? He was the last coach to take the Knicks to the playoffs. The Pacers ended their season in the playoffs. Uh, the Knicks lost that series to the Pacers uh, in the conference semifinals in six games. Carmelo Anthony led the league that year in scoring, the one year that he did lead the league in scoring. So there you go. Uh, Mike Woodson, a terrific head coach in the NBA, was replaced as a head coach of the Knicks after 2013-2014. Uh, they didn't win a lot of games, but my God, the roster went to hell in a handcart. What did you think Mike Woodson was going to do? Mike Woodson is a low-key guy. He's not a guy who's going to come in and uh, go down to, like, Huber Winery in southern Indiana and enthrall people with, with his performance level. He's not. He's not a stand-up comedian. He's not Zig Ziglar, all right? What he is is a high-quality basketball coach who gets the game at the highest level. He is the fifth all-time leading scorer in IU history with 2,061 points despite missing 15 games his senior season. That season, he averaged uh, 19.5 points per game, meaning that if he had played those 15 games that he missed because he had back problems, he would have finished number three all-time with about 2,350 points. He could flat-out score. In his four seasons at Indiana, Mike Woodson averaged between 18.5 and 21 points per game. He could flat-out score. Think of him maybe as a right-handed version of Calvert Chaney from a scoring perspective. Uh, not quite as tall as Calvert Chaney. He's going to be terrific. He is... I, I keep talking to people again and again and again. I you graduates... And people who have been tethered to that basketball program, they feel great about where Indiana is. And of course they do, because Mike Woodson hadn't lost a game yet, right? He's undefeated as a head coach at Indiana, but it just feels right. It feels like the essential element of Indiana basketball that hasn't been there for so long is finally there. It's like somebody at the top, in this case Mike Woodson, understands what Indiana basketball is and what it is supposed to be. I think that the guys who left the program, I think that Armand Franklin in particular, although he's going to Virginia, and how do you argue with that? Uh, I think that there's going to be some regret. There's going to be some seller's remorse for Al Durham, for Joey Brunk, and for Armand Franklin. I get you want to play someplace else, and you want a different experience if you're Al Durham. However, I think Indiana has got a hell of a chance to be really good, and I think the guys who are sticking it out are going to become much better basketball players as a result. How about the Pacers last night? Pacers were terrible last night. In the, for the majority of the first half, outplayed by a little bit by the Blazers, and then at the end of the first half, they go on a 5 nothing run. There's a technical at the end of the first half. Damian Willard goes haywire. Because of, I, I didn't think anybody hit him on the arm. He thought he got hit on the arm, uh, on the, uh, the shot to end the half, which was a mess. He went nuts. He slammed the scorer's table. T, Pacers make the technical free throw on the other end and have the ball. 
and they're like down 10. And they got a shot, right? They're, they're in the game. And then everything went haywire. They wind up being down by 40 before losing by 21, 133 to 112. Uh, yeah, not that close. And, and you can understand why. I mean, you know what? You've got a really a starting lineup who's sitting kind of Miles Turner, Goga Batadza, and it's Batadza, not Batadze or Batadze, Batadza. God bless it. Ask him how to pronounce his name if you don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Sabonis out, uh, TJ Warren out, Jeremy Lamb out. Those are five guys who could start. Maybe not Batadza. However, you got to find a way to compete, especially at home. And speaking of at home, the Pacers will not have a home winning record for the first time in 31 seasons. And that, that's just crazy to think about. 31 season, that, that takes you all the way back to like 1990, for God's sake. The Pacers have been really good at home. Never great, always good. That's been the Pacers kind of, you know, that's been in their DNA. This year, not so much. You're now 29 and 32. They are inside that playoff bubble because of the expanded playoffs this year. They're one game out of eighth place behind the Charlotte Hornets. They are three ahead of the Bulls for 11th. Uh, they've got the Nets, the Thunder, the Wizards, the Kings, and the Hawks. And then the Wizards again coming up next. The Wizards are just behind the, uh, the Pacers. This thing, it isn't a done deal that the Pacers are going to wind up in whatever this postseason is because that 7 through 10 expanded playoff nonsense is just ridiculous. It's terrible. It makes no sense. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall I? I, watched, I try to watch Pacers. It ain't easy watching the Pacers. I got to tell you, there, there's nothing dynamic happening on the court for the Pacers. There's nothing that you point to and say, hey, I like that. Nothing like that. They have got to get back. They, there's got to be some charisma on this team. It is completely devoid of charisma. I love Malcolm Brogdon, but he is like there. There's the charisma quotient for Malcolm Brogdon minimal. Got to tell you the truth. I love Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's a great human being. He's trying to provide clean water to people in Africa who would have none otherwise. He is a fantastic guy, but from a basketball perspective, the charisma that maybe you saw in Victor Oladipo, despite his being a complete lunatic, not there. Um, birthdays. Ron King, happy birthday. Brian Boblitz, happy birthday. Brian Anderson, or Byron Anderson, happy birthday. The great Dan Fabian celebrating a birthday. One of the great general managers in the history of radio, uh, completely understated in his personality, my God. I didn't know who he was when I was an intern at WGN. I was like, hey, who's the, the little skinny guy walking the halls? What's he do? He's your general manager. Oh, well, say now. And uh, my name's Ken Sterling. What's your name, sir? I, you're Mr. Fabian. I hear great things. All right. Uh, Nicole Den Densford, happy birthday. Uh, Sean, you know what? The thing about WGN was back in the day, I don't know whether this is still true, but they treated interns really, really well. You felt like you were part of what was going on at WGN, and that, that Lorna Gladstone and Dan Fabian were absolutely great about that. Chuck Swirsky, Randy Menkoff, Dwayne Statz, Davey Nelson, Wayne Larravee, all the guys in the sports department, fantastic to work for for the time I was there. Uh, 
wonderful place. Bobby McFadden, happy birthday. Sean Parker, happy birthday. Nicole Densford, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, Inside Indiana Sports Now, I got to tell you, I've been talking about the draft for like six weeks. I'm not stopping now. We're not going to stop just because, look, we know everything that we're going to know about Jalen Phillips or Quiddy Pay or uh, uh, Jason Away or Joe Tryon, all right? We know lots about these guys. Doesn't mean we're going to stop. We're 36 hours away from the draft, for God's sake. We're going to hit it hard coming home for this thing. And then tomorrow night, you're going to know what the hell you're watching as you await the 21st overall pick and you, you uh, are, wait with bated breath as the Colts are on the clock. And then Roger Goodell steps to the podium and says, we have a trade. Or Schefter does or, or whomever tells us about the trade. Colts are going to trade back, and they're going to go pick somebody at 26, 27, 28, or 29. It's what they're going to do. Who they're going to get, we'll tell you this afternoon. Can't wait to talk to you then.